Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to another level of Laugh at a Fuzzball. Uh, level 263, I think. And hey, it's uh, just Laugh at a Fuzzball. No, Zuh. No friends. Just uh, me and you, the dear listeners, who who I count as friends. But uh, yeah, another another news roundup, a news explosion, if you will. Like, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of news to, to cover. I guess not as much as we've done before, but it still feels like an explosion, which I mean, just means there's a disclaimer. If your podcast explodes because of all this news... You should probably stop listening. But until then, enjoy. I, I don't think your ears are in any actual danger. Uh, there won't be any singing like the, the last solo episode. I don't think, but you never you never can tell where my brain's going to ramble, especially when it's a Sunday night and I'm just trying to get an episode up because the boy did not want to sleep at good times this week and uh, Tired Wookie didn't record earlier. So let's just get right into it with the Triple F. Fantabulous Fuzzballs Focus where I cover whatever news was posted on Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, the Facebook group. Plug, plug, plug. And um, there's, there's a bit, so we're just going to get into it. Starting off uh, with me posting some stuff, Warner Brothers is apparently rebooting The Lost Boys with uh, Noah Jupe, Noah Jupe from A Quiet Place, and Jada Martell, who was one of the kids from It. Uh, as, they, as Ralph Garman likes to say on Hollywood Babylon, no thanks, we already got one. Um, I think the beauty of that original Lost Boys movie really is the 80s setting. And uh, while I never watched any of the sequels, and I'm aware that the Corey showed up, at least one and one and both in the other, uh, of course, Corey Feldman and Corey Hammer, who I'm talking about. But I, I just wonder if uh, bringing it to a more modern setting will work, or even doing, if they tried to go back and do the 80s setting again, you know, sometimes when you do that nostalgia, it's, it's, it's not the, it doesn't feel like the real thing. Just uh, feels like an approximation of it. And uh, I don't know if you're going to find kids to match the Corys uh, or the other cast uh, or Kiefer. Oh, sweet Kiefer. Uh, but, you know, it could be fun. It could be cool. But I think I think we already got a really great classic vampire 80s horror movie. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, lots of people just digging into the well of IP and bringing it back, you know, decades later. Uh, hoping that it'll find a new audience or at least scrape up enough uh, goodwill from its nostalgia to get people interested. I also shared a Nerdist article recounting Carl Sagan's views on Star Wars. Speaking of going back, this is me digging in the well. <laughs> Way back to Carl Sagan on the Johnny Carson show. Uh, there, you know, there, there were some interesting ideas proposed by Carl Sagan, you know, a famous physicist. Uh, you know, his uh, critique of Star Wars does make me wonder if that's why Neil deGrasse Tyson, who who definitely emulates and looks up to Carl Sagan, carries on that scientific approach to to geeky sci-fi and pop culture. I mean, I, I do... <laughs> Sagan is not wrong. There are a lot of white humans, especially British humans, in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, and, and yes, if uh, you're looking at evolution and whatnot, humans are probably a unique example of the curious circumstances of, of evolution here on planet Earth. Uh, and I'm, I'm all about his his defense of Chewbacca. Any Wookiee defense is a good defense. 
So I, I don't know, just something interesting to share, and hopefully uh, you saw. If you read the article, great, but more more cool was the embedded video of Carl Sagan on talk, speaking to Johnny Carson. I just thought it was neat. Figured I'd share. Didn't realize there'd be so much news, and I wouldn't need to post that. <laughs> speaking of the trailer from Muppets Haunted Mansion, which is out in less than a week, October eighth. Oh man, this trailer! Like I'm, I'm already excited for for the an, an original Muppets movie, especially, you know, conjoining with a, a Disney IP that I really, really love. The Haunted Mansion attraction at Disneyland. It is my second favorite Disneyland attraction. The only one that I have a tattoo of, and and Hot Dog. It, it just looks really, really cool. I cannot wait to follow Gonzo and Pepe the King Prawn, and all of the Muppets, uh, in a story taking the lore of the Haunted Mansion and hopefully just entertaining the piss out of us. Oh man, I'm looking forward to this on October 8th. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder has a crew hat. Uh, one of the one of the members of the crew posted it and it does evoke Owen Hart's heel logo. Uh, mainly I saw this and thought about the wrestling episode recently, level 258, uh, and, and fuzzballs that love wrestling like Danny and Kevin and more. Shout out to my buddy Jason that I work with. I don't think he listens, but if you're listening, shout out to you, bud. Uh, but yeah, I, I just cool. And it isn't he hat? I mean, if they if they sell a hat like that, uh, I don't know if I'd wear a t-shirt because it's a really simple logo. But if they sold a hat, I, I might be interested in picking it up. I also posted the trailer for Witcher season two. I mean, what's not to be excited about? The first season was great on Netflix, and Monsters Are Born of Deeds done, and we get to watch rad fantasy action with both actual and humanoid monsters this December, December seventeenth. And I am looking forward to it, although Lord knows I have so much stuff to watch. Just one more thing to put on the list. I also shared pics from the Harry Potter store in New York City. I know there are lots of potheads, P-O-T-T heads here on the Laugh at Fuzz Walls, including my own beautiful, beautiful wife. So shared it, and you know, it looks cool. Uh, if you're in the NYC, why not go visit the store? Uh, I mean, you'll you'll have to consider your own feelings about royalties and, and J.K. Rowling's uh, existence as a human, but you know, you make your decisions. But uh, visiting doesn't doesn't get them anything. There, it didn't appear that there's any charge at the door to go inside. So if you just wanted to go inside and enjoy all the stuff and not buy a thing, you could do that as well. I also shared that Quantic Dream, a video game developer, is developing a Star Wars game. Uh, I also admitted to not knowing the the, the studio's games. Uh, but it, it does seem like people like uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh, man, that title sort of bothers me. I'm like, Becoming Human? Does, does, does Detroit Become Human? I don't know. Haven't played the game. Uh, I do have a, a brief memory of it coming out and a couple people talking about it. But just based on the little bit of reaction on Laughing Up Fuzzballs, I think it's probably good news uh, and should get people interested in a game that could possibly involve an interactive story like other games from Quantic Dream. And uh, I think mostly just, yeah, it's, it's cool to see so many different studios besides EA dipping their toes into making video games for Star Wars. And hopefully that just means we get a lot of badass games. Also, just the last thing I posted was about International Podcast Day. Like, uh, I, I do a podcast. I've been doing it for over five years. There was a holiday, so I mentioned it at work. So I was like, I'll do a post. And uh, I have not checked to see... Uh, if if there's been more than the 11 reviews uh, from people on there, but uh, hopefully it doubled. And uh, I guess I'm just afraid to actually check and see see if it doubled. I know I I know I checked a, like a day or two afterwards, and uh, it had not updated. But I do have a couple a couple pals of mine that said that they put in a review. So 
you know, actually here, I'm looking at it right now, and 16 ratings, so sweet, sweet, we got, uh, we got 16 ratings, and there's actually two more written ones, let's see, uh, Commissar Red says, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. In a world that can sometimes get a little heavy, it's awesome listening to geek gush about the things they love. Because of the wide range of content covered, there's sure to be a little something in here for everyone. Give it a shot. Hey, thanks, Commissar Red. And uh, Kama Nukene said, they're so fetch. Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> we, we are so fetch content. This podcast is funny, informative, and warm. The amount of work and research put in each episode is evident, and I really, even when I don't agree with some of the opinions, it's really good. Give it a listen. You will not be disappointed. Hey, thanks. Thanks for listening. Do, do me a favor. Jump over on Apple Podcasts and throw up some ratings. I mean, we've got four new ratings. I don't know if those written ones count amongst the 16 that it says. Uh, if it does, great. But So it's five or eight, but let's let's throw some more, uh, throw some more ratings on there. Let's... Those are the sort of things that gets uh, hits algorithms, and I'm sure we need more than 16 to uh, to do some sort of impact. So I'd appreciate it. Uh, but thanks for everybody for indulging me talking about it here on the podcast and also on Laughing Up Fuzzballs. I appreciate it. Uh, Danny, always the the semi official news mofo. Danny the Deuce, Sheriff of Dusseldam sharing all sorts of news uh so we'll just get into it shared the trailer for hulu's hit monkey which comes out november 17th the animation looks cool there's laughs and bloody violence so heck yeah for something unique in the marvel world uh i i'm it's one of those comics that like i really only have a, a very limited understanding of but I'm, i love that they uh you know they were going to do four shows only two of them exist with Modoc and Hitmonkey. Alas, I would have really loved uh, Kevin Smith's Howard the Duck show. But, you know, we don't always get what we want. <laughs> I promise no singing, and there's already singing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the trailer looks bloody cool. Both a, a way of pretending on British with a really bad British accent and also just saying it looks like there's blood in it. Uh, Danny also shared another bloody trailer for Netflix's Night Teeth. This movie comes out October 20th. It looks like an interesting take on a vampire movie. I like the idea of an ordinary driver caught up in the exotic partying bloody world of the undead. Uh, I also like that the the vampires are ladies. That's sweet. Uh, and, and it looks like vampires on vampires feuding mob violence uh, with, the, with the ordinary fella stuck in the middle. And probably humor and sexiness and bloody violence and, and sure. What's not to like if you already stream stuff on Netflix? Something new to check out. Speaking of Netflix, they've bought the Roald Dahl estate to make TV, movies, games, and more. Uh, the Roald Dahl story uh, company will now become a division of Netflix. Uh, that said, like I said in the comments, I actually looked at like every single like work that's ever been put out by Roald Dahl. And uh, other than like James and the Giant Peach and the, and the Willy Wonka stuff, I actually don't know of a lot of his work. And it makes me wonder if that is enough to drive drive eyes to the IP. I mean, Roald Dahl, probably like my parents' generation, are like the last people I know that are really crazy into it and then passing it on to people my age. And I certainly have not been doing my due diligence to pass it on to my kids other than, you know, I'm probably my oldest is well aware how much I love the original Willy Wonka movie. So, you know, it's just they're, they're picking up IP. They're trying to figure out things. Some stuff's going to hit. And uh, I don't know that I need to see more for Willy Wonka. That, that first movie's a classic. The Tim Burton one exists. 
And uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll just time will tell. We'll see. Even the the CGI James and the Giant Peach movie is really really fun. I don't know that we need anything more for that. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. But uh, and something that I am excited for. Danny also shared the Injustice Red Band trailer. Superman finally letting loose and using his power to save question mark humanity. Oh, I don't know. Based on this is based on the radical video games and the prequel comics. Uh, DC Animated is finally doing one of the best stories, in my opinion, to come our way since Kingdom Come, especially in those those future stories. I'm so ready to watch this. I may very well buy it on video before waiting for the inevitable release on the Hibbo Max. Man, oh, it just looks cool. And uh, I think think people that maybe don't like Superman may, may enjoy this movie because A, it'll give them reason to like him even less, or B, just because it is a different look at what Superman could be if uh, the right conditions drove him a little power hungry. Uh, speaking of power hungry, Disney Plus Day. <laughs> yes, Disney owes everything. They hold all the stones and they want to control all of the media. And one of the ways they're attempting to do so is with Disney Plus. And uh, on the two-year anniversary of the streamer's release, which is November 12th, we are going to get lots of things. Danny posted about the Boba Fett special focusing on his origins and legacy. I also posted a release from them with with more stuff that they're going to have on November 12th. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and the Jungle Cruise movie are going to be free to watch if you pay for the streamer. As well as a new Simpsons short. Heck yeah, there's going to be some shorts for Olaf from Frozen. Uh, a Luca short from Pixar, the new season of the world according to Jeff Goldblum, uh, Marvel special look, and more. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to get to watch Shang-Chi a whole bunch more times. Uh, I, I paid to watch the Jungle Cruise movie, so I've seen that a whole bunch of times, but I'm sure I'll watch it again at some point. But the Luca short, that Luca movie was really good. Simpsons, you gotta love anything having to do with the Simpsons. And then that, that show, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, was just so lovely. And I'm excited for more of that as well. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what else comes on Disney Plus Day. But uh, so far, it seems like the streamer over two years is, has put out a lot of good content. And uh, here's hoping for more greatness in the future. Uh, Fantastic Beasts 3 has a title. It's called The Secrets of Dumbledore. It's going to come out April 15th, 2022, which is uh, moved up two months from its original release date. We're going to encounter old and new beasts with a wizard team led by Newt Scamander. Dumbledore says, I need a wizard team to stop that Grendel fella. And you, Newt, will lead the demon. And they do, or they will, maybe. But if you do not remember, uh, Johnny Depp is being replaced by Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald. Uh, and the rest of the cast, including Jude Law, Eddie Redmayne, Ezra Miller, Catherine Waterston, and Dan Fogler are returning. Uh, interestingly, the IDMB does still show Depp. Uh, it makes me wonder if they're going to explain the way the difference in look on screen between the two actors. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, if you're going to call the movie The Secrets of Dumbledore, you better go all in on Aldous's sexuality. Uh, if the Harry Potter shareholders are, are seriously interested in getting past some of the toxic J.K. Rowling stuff. Just saying. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it could be good. Although we do know that there's stuff with Ezra Miller's character and Dumbledore and Secret. So maybe that's the case. But they did tease on some of the stuff between Grindelwald and Aldous. Uh, we'll see. Gellard and Aldous just need to love each other. Even if they're fighting each other. You can have flashbacks or current love. I don't know. 
but uh, just just go full in. It, it's it's a new world. It doesn't matter if, if Aldous Dumbledore is gay. Just come out and have it out in the open, and everything should be fine. Danielle posted the Orville season three, aka Orville New Horizons, is going to be on Hulu, March tenth, twenty twenty two. This is the first season that follows the move from Fox directly to Hulu. Uh, the show did hit COVID delays when it was filming its third season. I mean, I guess the long and short is uh, I have six months to finally watch this show that Danny raves about. Danny claims that it is the best Star Trek show that's come out. I don't, I don't know, Danny. You have, have you watched any of the Star Trek content that has come out? Uh, I have no comparison to the Orville, uh, but I do know a lot of people say it is really good. It's the best Star Trek show that's not Star Trek, I guess. Uh, but six months for me to watch more than the one or two episodes that I've caught over over two years ago I, and when i watched it i remember thinking it was good enough but i was tired and i was like eh, i'm gonna go to sleep i'm not gonna keep watching i mean i like trek like stuff so i'm sure if it's good i will enjoy it and i hope this is good news for some of you uh obviously the show's you know got enough of a fan base that uh that disney has a vested interest in doing more of it on hulu because let's be real Yes, this deal original was Fox. Uh, Fox did have a control of some of Hulu, but now it's all Disney, and it is a creator family guy. So we'll see, we'll see. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame Disney for having some <laughs> Star Trek like show that people love to compete with everything going on 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 uh, Paramount Plus, uh, formerly CBS All Access. So yeah, yeah, we we shall see. Uh, there's going to be a Vans horror collection, which uh, shoes for Pennywise, Freddy, Jason, and The Shining. Uh, they look cool. I mean, I'm all about Vans that are, are connected to other stuff. Simpsons Vans are some of my favorite things that I own. I, I don't like shoes, but I love my Simpsons shoes. I just wear them like four or five times a year, and <laughs> that's okay, because the rest of the time, I'm rocking flip-flops. The shoes I wear the most are my comfy, woven uh, Skechers work shoes, <laughs> but uh, I the Pennywise shoes and the, the the Freddy shoes are the ones that interest me the most. In fact, those Freddy shoes, they they might find a home in uh, in my world. I, it's always better to have more than just one pair of shoes, but we shall see. Uh, other news: the Disney lawsuit woes continue with creator battles with the estates of Steve Ditko, Stan Lee, and Gene Colan. Uh, there are there are rights to characters that could expire in June of 2023. Uh, and the the you know estates of these comic book artists have sued to get those rights back. Uh, there's there's a whole bunch, and you can read the article to learn more. And there's there's other articles that besides the one that Danny posted. Um, but there's like fair use rules, and of course you know these people sued Disney, so Disney's countersuing and saying that you know blah 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 they own it. Um, I guess the worst case scenario is co ownership. Uh, but that does mean that the creators' estates will have the ability to sell rights to parties beyond Disney, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is just a case of sticking it to the mouse, or, or, or what, or if the, you know, the families behind the estates actually need money. Uh, there is a fame, not even famous, but just a, a classic history of comic book artists and creators not getting paid what they're worth. You know what I mean? You you like to fantasize that the the Steve Ditko's and the Stan Lee's of the world are just like rolling in Scrooge McDuck banks of money, but that, that unfortunately usually is not the case. There are some exceptions like Robert Kirkman and uh, and Todd McFarlane who you know struck out on their own and have done pretty well for themselves. But I imagine a lot of their money is through these uh, contracts they've done with uh, you know TV and movies adapting some of their works. So. 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to follow and see how it ends. I know the, the lawyer that is representing Dicko, Lee, and Colin is also the person that in the past uh, represented uh, the creators of Superman, Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster. And I guess the then result of that was uh, the, 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 the people that they were fighting against may have actually won, DC namely. But uh, the the main company blinked at the last moment and just paid off the the families. And now, whenever anything's done with Superman, it's always uh, with a with a generous gift or allowance from the estates of Siegel and Schuster. And maybe that's what'll happen in this regard. Only time will tell. But hot dog, it just seems like a Disney embroiled in in lawsuit after lawsuit. And there will be will be news coming down the pipe about another one that was going on. Uh, Legendary is apparently doing a Heathcliff feature film and TV series. And yes, Danny, I agree this digging for content might mean that there is a shovel sale near the office of some of these creatives. I imagine some exec just love the comic strip and wants it back in the zeitgeist or in existence for themselves. I, I have really very little interest in this. Uh, I did read the article. Um, I did see the second season of the cartoon that I never watched had Marmaduke in it. And dang nabbit, I don't like admitting that that Great Dane showing up does, does spark a little bit of interest for me. Um, but I also did not know that he had 56 issues as a Marvel comic. Uh, I guess I am more of a lasagna-eating-orange-cat kind of Wookiee. But uh, if you're a big Heathcliff fan... Hey, here you go, legendary. But I mean, when I when I hear legendary, I'm like, don't don't they do horror movies? And I guess that's really Bloomhouse. But I'm like, ooh, they're gonna do some bloody horror with with an orange cat, and that could be fun. But that's probably not what's happening because <laughs> now that I'm thinking of the legendary logo, they've done a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's my bad approximation of the the legendary uh, music <laughs> when they when they show that a uh, uh, woven Celtic knot. That, that is their company. Uh, Danny also posted that MGM is teaming with the WWE to bring back Mugamawawa. No. <laughs> is that what it would be if you put their, their the MGM and WWE together? Mugamawawa. They're bringing back American Gladiators. Uh, I loved this show when I was young in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, and recently, my family, we were watching that ultimate tag show developed by the Watt Brothers from the NFL. Uh, <laughs> but watching that uh, ultimate uh, tag, the ultimate gag, uh, did make me nostalgic for watching Atlas and Beast and Titan and Viper and Blaze and, and more of the gladiators against, uh, you know, people, people not regular schlubs, like semi-athletic human beings. The, the American Gladiator show was revived apparently in 2008 and uh, didn't even include Gina Carano as one of the gladiators. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember watching the revival. I was, I was hot deep and uh, flying in the military. So and also in Japan. So I didn't get to watch anything live on television. I didn't have television. But uh, yeah, I, I love the show. And uh, I mean, ended in the '90s, revived a decade later, and now it's 13 years later. So yeah, it's ripe for a revival. I think the time has come for more of this. Uh, and while I don't really know any of the woes with the, the WWE and, and, and all that, even after talking to Danny for over an hour about, about wrestling, uh, yes, this, this does look like um, a way to generate more revenue for, for that wrestling company. And uh, I say, why not, if it brings us a really, really fun American Gladiator show. 
So yeah, Mugamo, blah, blah, I think it's good news. Uh, Paramount Plus is doing a Teen Wolf revival film. Yes, the digging continues, Danny, but people loved that MTV show, which ran for six seasons. Uh, and I actually heard that it was a good show, although I never watched it. So it does make sense to do a continuation film to get to get more eyes on Paramount Streamer. Uh, also buried in this article is that Aeon Flux might be coming back as well. Uh, and then they're adapting some books called The Wolf Pack. I know very little about either of these, except that I like the 2005 Charlize Theron movie for the former. Uh, but yeah, they're uh, they're finding stuff. But I think, you know, that Teen Wolf revival film, I mean, they're not doing a new series. They're just taking the characters and telling you what's happening like 10 years later. And why not? Sure. Sounds cool. And heck, heck yeah for all those actors getting uh, one more paycheck from that show since i don't see teen wolf in syndication which means they're not making the real money uh daniel's posted alex ross drew danny devito as a young wolverine and the drawing's great alex ross i mentioned kingdom come earlier and he's such an amazing comic book artist and hey you know we're not we're not ever going to get to see danny devito as a young wolverine but uh artists can can make it seem like maybe we could have and that it looks cool uh, even cooler than the image that was uh, the thumbnail for the article. Uh, House of the Dragon, the HBO series, is going to have over a dozen dragons and riders per George R. R. Martin. Uh, he's actually said the number 17. Uh, the author was on a, a recent podcast interview that he did while simultaneously getting no further on finishing Winds of Winter. Uh, but he did say that the dragons have different personalities and colors. And yes, I'm excited for the show coming in 2022. And yes, ever since I heard of it, I was like, oh, I hope there's more than three dragons. And bah, so many more dragons. 17 isn't even divisible by three. Bah, prime numbers. We all win with with uh not amazon prime but hbo house of dragon <laughs> good news for all of us uh jamie fox is apparently writing his own version of misery based off a an actual interaction he had with a, with a couple fans and uh who uh i i do stand by my comment that maybe he's he's writing about when he was hobbled by an industry full of men of privilege uh, but wow! Apparently he had a he had a, a couple win a dinner with him, and then things went awry. And uh, in his imagination, he probably imagined how much more awry it could have gone. And now he's writing his own version of Stephen King's Misery, and uh, we'll we'll see what we get. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski is rebooting Babylon Five for the CW. If you do not know who J. Michael Straczynski is, you're you're probably just unaware of actually who he is. I mean, where where really do you start? Um, he was a story editor for the original She-Ra, a writer on the first season of the animated Ghostbusters. He worked uh, on part of the first Thor movie and, and starred in it. Or didn't star in it, but he had a role in it. Uh, he worked on Underworld Awakening, the adaptation of Max Brooks' book World War Z, A Draft for Ninja Assassin, Sense8, fir that first season for Netflix, as well as writing the Clint Eastwood-directed Changeling. In comics, he's beloved by many for his work on Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and Thor in the 2000s. And then Superman off and on from 2010 to 2016 with his year one story. He was even the executor of the estate of Harlan Ellison. He worked on Murder, She Wrote. Uh, he wrote an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. And now he's rebooting his series, Babylon 5, for the CW, like I said, which will be more of a continuation than a reboot. But this is cool and even cooler. Uh, we finally answered Ian's question about a show we half remembered watching at his grandmother's house. 
I I am aware of Babylon Five. Uh, have not have not really any memories of it other than seeing the the photo of the cast of me like yeah I sort of I sort of remember that like in the world of uh you know all the other shows Trek and and the Trek many many different Trek series and of course Battlestar Galactica so yeah uh, a reboot for the CW sounds cool and it's it's nice when the original creator gets gets a crack at it. And nice that Ian now actually has a name for the show, and and even cooler just the fact that you can go on uh, go on the Hippo Max and watch the original Babylon Five if you are so inclined. Yeah, really cool news. Danny also wants Pokemon Go friends, so help a brother out. He did not post his code if you want to join his team, but uh, I've never played any of the Pokemon stuff, but I know lots of people who do, including Blue and now Danny. And this game keeps on trucking, so if it's your thing and you ever wanted to play with Mr. Deuce, then do it. Drop comments on the thing. Uh, Danny posted, Prop Store is auctioning props from Star Wars, Blade Runner, Terminator, Spider-Man, Back to the Future, and more. Over 1,000 pieces of memorabilia, including a signed hoverboard, a Terminator endoskeleton, a costume from Spider-Man 3, complete with jazz stains, I'm sure, and an X-Wing miniature from Return of the Jedi. Uh, This is going to happen November 9th to the 11th, and you can bid online uh, with those being accepted until October 21st. Really cool. Proceeds look to be going to charities. Uh, I'm sure somebody's making some sort of money off of it, but hey, don't we all wish we were rich enough to bid on this stuff, especially that X-Wing miniature? Oh, by golly, if if I were a rich man, if I were a rich man, I would build on the X-Wing miniature, hopefully, but I'd do it live because I'm not sure if my internet bid would win me the thingy. <laughs> I promise no singing. I should never promise that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind Roller Coaster at Epcot in 2022, although watching uh, the Space Mountain behind the attraction thing, Disney doesn't call them roller coasters. They call them something else, but I can't think what it is off the top of my head right now. Uh, Roman, if you know what it is, sorry, bud. I don't have it in my brain pan right now. Uh, it's going to be a family-friendly storytelling coaster, whatever that means. It is cool that uh, you know the it's replacing that Ellen ride that was in the Wonders of Energy Pavilion, but now it's going to be renamed to the Wonder of Xandar Pavilion, so uh, the, <laughs> the, the Nova Corps home is going to officially get an Epcot pavilion uh also pretty neat it's a, a reverse walk a reverse launch so you're gonna launch on the coaster in reverse uh it's gonna have carts that move to to make sure you experience the story as disney wants you to and it will be one of the longest enclosed coasters in the whole wide world and of course probably have great music because um that's what they do that the way they retheme the tower of terror in Disney's California Adventure to be uh, the collector in Guardians of the Galaxy is freaking amazing. Mission Breakout. In fact, I was just talking to somebody at work about it. There's like six, seven songs that you can get, uh, and I have gotten at least three or four of them. Uh, actually, at the Jungle Cruise, we have a we have a boat that uh, can can let people in a wheelchair basically ride the boat they get onto a lift and the lift lowers and if i'm feeling froggy you know i say welcome to guardians of the galaxy mission breakout and as they're low and it's like bring on the funk bring on the funk hey and i've also gotten a pat benatar song and uh slow ride 
and uh, another song that, that I think, was it Born to be Wild or something? I don't know. I've gotten like three or four of the songs. I've written it like five times in my lifetime. Uh, three times on like opening day. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a great, great retheming of the traction. Even crazier because you can, you can watch there's like a special where they did it in like a year, which is wild and insane. Shout out to Imaginary Joe Rohde who retired. But uh, yeah, they're they're not retheming their Tower of Terror there in Florida. They're leaving it as is. In fact, they're not even doing their Hollywood studios. They're not bringing the Guardians there. They're bringing them to the the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, Epcot, the theme park that exists completely not with the wishes of of Walter Elias Disney, who uh, wanted an actual community that would live and presumably live to just go to the Magic Kingdom next door. But instead. There is a, a theme park where you can drink around the world if you want to go to different pavilions that have to do with countries and ride, ride rides about rats or the Three Caballeros or uh, I don't know if Martin Short's Circle Vision thing is still in Canada, but when it was, it was lovely. Uh, but now, uh, instead of Ellen and energy and dinosaurs and a, and a really slow like 45-minute ride that I imagine would be great to nap. My mom says that's why she liked that ride. Great place to nap. But I actually went on it and stayed awake, but it was really long. But there are animatronics of Ellen DeGeneres and dinosaurs, so, you know, overall, a win, I suppose. And uh, I imagine that attraction probably took up a big piece of real estate, so now they're going to have this big, giant, enclosed roller coaster, and that's a long way of saying this is cool news, and in 2022, people get to enjoy it. Uh, Disney, also in the news, coming to terms over that Black Widow lawsuit uh, with Scarlett Johansson. Uh, I really hope that Danny is wrong and that this doesn't mean the future contracts are going to mess over actors but only time will tell uh hopefully i mean really in the in the game of capitalism everybody loses right except for those rich fat cats that laugh their way to sleep i hope they're miserable in their piles of money <laughs> hope all the stresses of their day-to-day just grind them down to dust no not not really i guess uh, if you if you make the money good for you i'm just not one of those people that makes all the moolah i uh Make enough to pay my bills and have a little bit of fun stuff extra. And then I find the time to do a geeky podcast because it brings me joy. Uh, and it is uh, the opiate for, for my geeky masses, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not referencing you as the masses. I'm just referencing all the all the personalities that live inside my brain. Uh, but yeah, they, they've come to terms over the Black Widow lawsuit. And I'm not surprised. I'm actually more surprised that this didn't happen faster because bad this whole thing was bad publicity in every way, shape, or form for the House of Mouse. And they, they just want it over. They don't want people worrying about the, the dollars, the donuts of of the geeky entertainment that they get to enjoy. They just want people going to the theater and enjoying it and hearing, you know, what it makes in the box office. And maybe hearing a, every once in a while a story about what a star uh, was paid for it. But ultimately just not caring and enjoying the IP versus realizing that, that yeah, it is about making money. And sometimes uh, the, the decisions being made and the way... Way the money is parceled out may not be the way that you like and uh, I would argue you probably would find that's the case in lots of different stories about lots of different things when it comes to things for profit what I can tell you is this podcast doesn't screw over anybody uh, except for maybe myself because I, I dedicate time but uh, it's time that I willingly dedicate and hope you listen willingly and I appreciate you giving me your time to listen so blah 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 everybody wins no uh no listeners or podcast hosts were harmed in the making of this podcast. But I do have to stress again, if the, if the podcast explodes, 
probably should stop listening, but let's continue listening for now. Uh, Danny also posted Umbrella Academy Season 3 will be coming in 2022. No month yet, but I'm excited. I want to know more about the Sparrow Academy reveal. Uh, I like the teases for the Hotel Oblivion, although I've I've not read the comics up to that point with stuff with the, the professor. But yeah, I, I really enjoy the show, and I'm glad for more. And uh, I I celebrate the future arrival of more of this show. Uh, Daniel's posted Puma shoes uh, coinciding or are using the Suicide Squad for designs. Uh, there's Harley Quinn and King Shark and Peacemaker. And man, these shoes do look dope. They actually look comfy. Uh, like I've already said, I'm not a big shoe guy, but at Pumas, I remember wearing them as a teenager and that they were comfortable. Uh, I, I don't think I could budget $150 just to wear King Shark Nom Nom Noms. Uh, I, I think the, the shoes look dope, but I don't know if they're $150 dope. I also saw an image for the Peacemaker ones, too, but hot dog. I, I really just can't get past that price point for fancy foot coffins. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe the title of this podcast shouldn't be a podcast explodes. Stop listening. It should be fancy food, foot coffins. I don't know. We'll see what I decide when it when it goes up tonight at some point or early tomorrow morning at some point, hopefully. Hopefully the former rather than the latter. Uh, Danny also wants people to know that Nick Cage's Willy's Wonderland is on Hulu. He says it's wonderful. Good news. Uh, it's a wild, wonky, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's-esque movie. And apparently Nick Cage just very, very little talking in the movie. And it's just a bloody, silly, zany horror in a, in a Chuck E. Cheese-esque place. And uh, if you want to watch it and you do the Hulu... Good news for you, Lou. <laughs> What's not wonderful is the 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 most recent news that Danny posted from today uh, about a haunted house in Ohio being the site of an actual stabbing uh, as a scare actor used a real knife and stabbed a child. Okay, this article's fucking complete clickbait. Not really stabbing. It's an 11-year-old whose toe was cut by a real Bowie knife from a scare actor, but still. I hate clickbait titles, uh, but it got me to read it, and that was the entire point of it. Uh, I will not name drop the haunted house uh, because the image was right there and what Danny put up on Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, plug, plug, plug. Uh, but also because I spent two seasons as a scare actor at a not scary farm. It is the spooky season and I don't like an article that would make people afraid of going to some of these things. Some some haunted houses are much more extreme than others. The, the less corporate the haunt is, probably the less rules to keep you safe at a not scary farm. There was plenty to keep you safe. Uh, Brian did did comment in there where he'd seen something worse. You know, I, I imagine, you know, when it comes to a place that scares people, there's there's all sorts of stuff. Being a scare actor, there's there's plenty that happened that uh, the <laughs> I didn't do anything that I'm not proud of. But yeah, like you know, it just people get scared and it's a fight or flight. So it's not always people running. Sometimes they run and run into things. Sometimes, sometimes they they might uh, go number one, number two, number three on themselves. What is number three? I can't tell you. It's disgusting. No. <laughs> uh, sometimes people want to fight. Uh, sometimes people go there with something to prove. Sometimes people are there with their dates and they got to be the tough guy, tough gal. You know, there's all sorts of things. Sometimes people just don't respect any of the hard work that all these scare actors are doing. Uh, sometimes people are just awful and we don't need we don't need me or the last year to teach us that. It's just a fact of life, unfortunately. I do know that, that I'm a big old man and uh, when I was a, a street scare actor, I wielded two big old plastic hatchets 
and uh, swung them around and used them to scare, but I never hit anybody, even if I wanted to. And yes, this person gets exactly what's coming to them for them, you know, not using a plastic knife and bringing a real Bowie knife. Dumb, dumb fuck. Dumb luck. Now you're going to lose your truck. <laughs> I don't, because it's Ohio, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Quote me on it. Uh, that's all the news from Danny, but there's there's more. Ian, uh, other than letting us know that he finally knows that he watched Babylon 5 at his grandmother's, uh, wanted us to know, wanted to know if any fuzzballs were also Tarkovsky fans, and I'm really glad that Dan the Library Man replied, since I do not think I've seen any Tarkovsky movies. Sorry, Ian. We were, we were buds. We were, we were in the Orange County firm together. Uh, good old, good old shaven head buddies. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just don't think I've ever seen any of his films. I, I know who the director is, but I've never watched one of his films. And Dan has. And I'm, thank you, Dan. Thanks for, thanks for other people knowing things besides me, because I definitely don't know it all. I have to remind myself regularly that that's the case. And Ian also wanted to chat with folks about the C show on Apple TV Plus with Jason Momoa. Uh, I don't I don't have the Apple Plus. Although, I did sort of check on my phone, and I think I, I might have like done like a year subscription to it back when my phone plan was different, and then my phone plan switched, and I thought I didn't have access. And I might actually have access, although I didn't click on anything to watch. I know that that Ted Lasso show is on it as well as uh, the C show with Jason Momoa and I guess the recent season included uh, Dave Bautista against Momoa's character and then uh, there's a Tom Hanks movie and, and apparently some other stuff like Apple Apple TV Plus trying to, to compete in, to, in this streaming war uh, but yeah I, uh, I, I don't know if I, if I truly do have it for free and there's some free time I don't really like watching things on my phone so I'm not sure if I'm I'm going to click, and I don't know that when I click, it won't catch up and be like, you're not really a member. Fuck off, Wookiee. And then I'm going to be like, ah, you caught me. <laughs> and I wasn't interested when I when I was like, why is that on my phone? And opened it up and saw the things to to go further and check it out. I do know I want to watch that Ted Lasso show with my, my wonderful wife, but I'm not going to be paying for the streamer to do so at this point. But if uh, you watch C, it seems like uh, there's a couple fuzzballs that enjoy it. And and there you go. Uh uh, always Mo Momoa is a good thing, I think. Um, Corey posted the big release about the Super Mario Brothers animated movie from Illumination. Uh, from the official release, the voice cast is uh, Chris Pratt is Mario, and uh, Anya Taylor Joy is Peach, Charlie Day is Luigi, Jack Black is Bowser, Keegan Michael Key is Toad, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, uh, Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong, Kevin Michael Richardson is Comic. And Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike, as well as surprise cameos from Charles Martinet, who you would know as the actual voice of Mario, Wario, Luigi, Waluigi, Baby Luigi, Baby Mario for Nintendo. Uh, and you're like, if he's involved, why isn't he just doing the voice of Mario? I, I don't know. I guess they they don't believe that there's enough gamers who know Charles Martinet, Martinet, Martinet is to uh, get that. They put the big names to get people excited. Chris Pratt's so hot right now, so. Uh, you know, uh, people people seem to be really pissed off about this and hating everything but Jack Black is Bowser. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of opinions. But even even in some ways, the bad press for this is is good news for Illumination. People are people are talking about it, and then they'll they'll come a trailer, and then people will talk some more. 
And uh, honestly, a lot of people are going to take their kids to see this because uh, Super Mario Brothers is popular with the Wii ones. You see plenty of toys. They're still making games. This property is is cross-generations to a new generation. I know several of my boys are really, really excited uh, by anything Super Mario and, and will be interested in an Illumination movie. And they make movies with fun animation. I'm sure everything will be fun. We'll just see if the the voices fit. And only time will tell. Uh, I really like that Corey posted uh, the Papa Silvio <laughs> scene with uh, with Charlie Day, but somebody computer animated and made it Luigi, <laughs> and that, that just made me smile. So uh, it didn't make uh, Charlie Day's voice fit with Luigi, uh, but it, it did did make things better in some weird way. So thanks for sharing that, Corey. Corey also shared the Cowboy Bebop opening. Uh, this uh, came from Netflix's debuting a bunch of stuff at their Tadum fan event on September 25th. And yes, at first I was like, "What? What is Tadum an acronym for?" Before I realized, it's the Netflix open. Tadum, like, oh man, so on the nose. And I was so mad at myself for trying to see what it stood for. You know, technical universes devolving umbilicus maniacs. I don't, I don't know. We could probably come up with some fun fun uh, acronyms for it uh, but uh, you know the event on September 25th got 25.7 million views so good for Netflix and that is not counting all the views across the interwebs of release stuff in the order of 695 million views like in the US alone and then like billions like across the world it was popular Netflix is still doing good I mean they they pretty much put their feet down into the streaming mud before a lot of these other streamers came along and they're they're finding ways to get people excited and this cowboy bebop opening like man it's it's so like evokes everything from that amazing anime uh the one anime where i've seen all of it and and it looks all the actors fit the the mix of like animation and live action just looks great and and i'm really really eager to watch this show when it debuts on netflix um Let's see, Nintendo confirmed that there's going to be a Donkey Kong area for their park in Japan. So in Japan, they have an entire Nintendo world, which is huge, uh, but Universal, uh, I'm not sure how connected they are to uh, the park in Japan. I think that is just licensed through Nintendo, since that does come from Japan, Duffface. Uh, but Florida, which has a whole bunch more land, and then Hollywood are going to have at least portions of this Nintendo stuff to uh, drive drive the the butts into the, the, the Mario Kart seats, if you will. Uh, and yeah, Danny, Danny can't wait to beat some people in Mario Kart. Cause apparently that's one of the, one of the rides is just pl- getting to play Mario Kart. And uh, yeah, I mean, cool. The super Mario so hot right now. <laughs> uh, Justin shared the first look at Netflix Sandman. This also comes from Tudum, uh, but a uh, terrible usage devoid of understanding media. Is that a better acronym for Tadum? I, I don't know. But man, that first look at Sandman, oh, it's so good. And it makes me want to just spend money on buying all the collections of Sandman so I can own them and reread them uh, before the show comes out. But it looks it looks freaking cool right from the pages of the first issues of Sandman. And yeah, it's uh, it's super sweet. Uh, Justin also shared something else that a lot of people will probably think is super sweet. It is a streaming announcement for the Book of Boba Fett, which will come to Disney Plus December 29th. The image, it's it's Mother Trucking Boba Fett just sitting in a chair. <laughs> and it, it literally is like the end scene uh, from Mando Season 2, but without Fennec Shand. 
and and nothing fancy and Danny just laughed at how I'm like so bored by the image uh but how it's probably he's right it's probably already the the phone wallpaper of so many different boba fans people that love the boba Danny loves the boba he even drank a boba drink the other night on the guest episode in uh episode 262 so we know we know he loves the nom 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 the boba uh, and yeah, I think <laughs> I hope the trailer is really, really good to uh, to be less boring than this this announcement. Um, but I, you know, whatever. It's just an image. I'm more interested in the date, December 29th. Cool. So after Christmas, four days later, you get your late Christmas present of the first episode of this new show, which spins out of Mandalorian season two. Um, hopefully, the trailer is more than just like a recap of the the final scene of Mando season two. And then a, a slow zoom to the to Boba Fett sitting in the freaking throne, uh, but now Danny wants that to happen because he wants me to be mad. Because uh, as good of friends as we are, we both appreciate something that makes the other person mad. Uh, Justin also shared the Graham Norton interview with Mark Hamill. It's an old interview; I've seen it many a time, but uh, it's good. It's all about Mark Hamill keeping the secret from Empire Strikes Back, uh, which which my you know we didn't talk about it in our Oof Moments episode that was right before this one. But uh, probably one of the original shocking oof moments in the Geek Pantheon. Uh, and then BK shared a, a Sam Raimi Spider-Man joke about chicken nuggies. I have seen this image used recently for a bunch of different jokes with uh, with Harry and Peter Parker. But uh, I'm always good for a good Dino Nuggies joke, so good on you, BK. Thank you, buddy. Uh, that is all the news from the Fantabulous Fuzzballs Focus. So there's a couple more things from Star Wars. Uh, Sung King let slip some big Obi-Wan info. If you don't want spoilers, skip ahead 30 seconds now. Three, two, one. But uh, he did an interview with Screen Rat, and he did mention wielding a lightsaber, seeing Darth Vader, and how it was a dream come true for a kid who used to dress up in Kmart Star Wars costumes from age 8 to 13, which is very specific. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I hope... It, what what could this mean? There's so much like the they're they've kept the bottle so tight on uh on details from Obi Wan. So just Sung King doing uh some press for the the next Fast and the Furious movie and then just letting the slip, uh and it, a big scoop for the person that was interviewing him. You know sometimes people just let things slip and uh, <laughs> I like the fact that uh, he was a Star Wars fan when he was a kid. And uh, I like how excited he seems about lightsabers and getting his own. Maybe he's an Inquisitor. Maybe he's a Jedi that survived Order 66. I probably think it's more on the Inquisitor vein that he's the one of the big bads that Obi-Wan has to fight up against. But cool. I'm, I'm so looking forward to the Obi-Wan show in 2022. I don't really need to know anymore. Yes, I'll probably watch the trailer, unlike Danny, who will skip it. Uh, but yeah. Oh, I guess more to be excited for obi-wan there also was an article about marcia lucas and the sequel trilogy i'll quote her she said quote it sucks the storylines are terrible just terrible awful you can quote me end quote uh, she's apparently not a fan of ray or the killing of han and luke uh she did offer to help jj and kathy kennedy <laughs> like call me i have ideas uh it's 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 interesting, you know, Marsha Lucas so so instrumental in the in the first Star Wars and uh stayed married to George Lucas uh up to the the release of uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh and yeah, I mean, she feels she definitely feels some sort of ownership. Uh it is it is pretty much agreed in the canon of of Star Wars that uh if George Lucas is way that Star Wars was going to was going to be portrayed, it would have been bad and she went back and and edited and tweaked and gave us the movie that so many people, including myself, love. 
uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that that her quote should be taken as 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 gospel as law, but uh, it is it is interesting for her just to come out and be like, man, I think this blows, and uh, I'm not sure there's a lot of people that celebrate her views. Uh, my views are a bit more complicated. Uh, I, I I don't you know I if I if I rank original trilogy prequel trilogy then sequel trilogy if I'm ranking individual movies it's going to be a different order you know what I mean there's there's a couple of the sequel films that I very very much enjoy and then there's there's one that I've I've been on record you know the the, the final the way it all wrapped up you know I, I I may have liked a different movie and and that yes I would have liked a different movie but I got the movie that I got and uh, over the over the time I found ways to uh, find goodness within it there is good stuff to enjoy and then there's there's you know crushed velvet papa palpatine and and that's that's enough go back and listen to to episode or level 262 if you want to hear more about that with me danny and blue uh there also was an article from uh, lucasfilm exec and visions producer james waugh not being worried about star wars oversaturation this comes from uh, star wars visions coming and then you know the the onslaught of shows that we're going to be getting in the future, including Book of Boba Fett, Mando Season 3, Obi-Wan, Andor, and more, <laughs> including the Ahsoka show and uh, whatever else comes our way, including haven't heard any news about the Lando show, but there's there's stuff coming. Uh, and there's also one more <laughs> or a uh, news article below this that involves potentially another show. But uh, basically, James Waugh, he said that Disney Plus has changed the game, uh, but that they're also cautious and thoughtful about how to keep the specialness of star wars alive uh this does come from from him talking about visions which he lauded for its attempt to diversify the portfolio of the epic saga and uh, he's right visions is lovely i'm so happy it exists and i do plan to do a dedicated episode with uh benjamin blue for blue the fourth because he's the anime expert of uh of the fuzzy trio and uh we'll talk all about it but I will say I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, fans have lobbied for Lucy Lawless to replace Gina Carano, but that may have ended up hurting her chances. I do love that you know when she was talking about it that she's not mad about the the support spoiling a potential different project that she'd been in talks for. Um, but yeah, you know, it is something to think about. Like in all this, you know, if people get fired for things and and you push for everything, there is always the worry that you know if somebody if somebody's fired that the only reason that other person got hired was because of the firing, and that that really sort of stinks because Lucy Lawless is amazing and uh, seems to be amazing both in her personal and her professional life, uh, and also she probably was a little bit too old to replace Cara Dune. But uh, that's, I mean, there's nothing, I'm not an ageist as a, a man aging himself. But, you know, probably probably are plenty of, of equal age to Gina Carano actresses that could be wonderful for the role. But I, they don't, they just need to not recast it. They just need to figure out a way for the character to be gone. And for, you know, the stuff she put on screen, you get it. You get it, you get it forever. Uh, but you don't get more because uh, Gina Carano made choices. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Diego Luna did tease some familiar faces in the Andor show, and now we just got to wonder who it is. Uh, obviously, K2SO is an easy choice, although I did hear that he's not in the first season, that he won't show up until season two. We'll, we'll have to watch the show to find out. But, yeah, it'd be really rad if we got more Saw Gerrera or more of the Rebels, you know, more Mon Mothma. Uh, obviously, you know, the the general operative that he was working for, should return and we'll we'll just see who shows up 
and we can be excited for it because uh, the Andor show, I don't know, I just I think it may be really, really freaking wonderful. Uh, Hasbro has released or is releasing a George Lucas Black Series figure for the Lucasfilm 50th anniversary. Uh, it is not the first figure since he did have an X-Wing pilot named Jorg Sakul or Horg Sakul or Jorge Sakul, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then his Baron Papanoida character from Revenge of the Sith uh, did get a figure. But this figure of, of George in Stormtrooper armor looks rad. And heck, while you're buying this, also get Dave Filoni's Trapper Wolf figure. And then have your Star Wars characters interact with the directors. And maybe maybe if you have some personal feelings or trauma to work through over any of the movies, you can get them out through the joy of action figure play. <laughs> I think if a lot of people dealt with their issues that way, the world might be a better place. I think this is a really cool figure, and it does pique my interest, where I'm like, do I need to add this to my Star Wars uh, collection? Mayhap I do. Time will tell. Uh, Mark Hamill did come out to praise the prequels. Uh, also mentions how he talks a lot and the sound bites are used, which makes it seem like he hates Star Wars, even though he probably doesn't. Uh, he's like, what idiot said that? Oh, it was me. Uh, this is from an interview with IndieWire. You can check out the full comments if you like. I agree with Hamill that the prequels had their own identity, and I really agree with them that social media amplifies some voices that we'd probably be better off only encountering by happenstance in our daily life. Uh, but yeah, uh, he also talked about the sequels, but he didn't say so much about his opinions of it more than just like some of his sound bites have been taken taken to their extreme level when maybe that's not exactly what he meant. And uh, for him saying, what idiot said that? He might actually be like, ah, damn, I wish wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't made the rounds. Uh, Mark Hamill just does seem like a, a lovely human being. Uh, I've never met him, but I've met his son, who's a really cool guy. And uh, if you raise a really cool guy son, you might and probably are a really cool human being. And the last little Star Wars news is, uh, could there be a Finn show on Disney Plus? There is a strong possibility this might happen. This does come from uh, Bleeding Cool News, I think. One of those, like, we got this covered, uh, you know, rumor mill things. But uh, it was reported that there was a Star Wars feature film in development from J.D. Dillard and Matt Owens. And apparently that may be being reworked as a TV series with uh, Boyega's former Stormtrooper as the focus with uh, both prequels and sequels to what his character did in Episodes 7, 8, and 9. And you know what? I would love a show that finally lets Finn be badass and centers on him. So I really, really hope this is true. Uh, but do keep in mind that this comes from those sites where they're like, oh, well, we were right about this and we were right about that. Yes, every once in a while, a, a blind squirrel finds a nut that's not his own, <laughs> not attached to him. And, and a broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, but, you know, like I say, just with a, with a giant grain of salt, but this is one of those that I share just because I hope it is true. And maybe speaking about it on the podcast will speak it into existence. <laughs> the last couple of news things are a flavor of the geek. Any other geeky flavors that I think are worth talking about. Uh, director Alan Taylor uh, does say that AMC's interview with the Vampire series will be faithful to Anne Rice. But also have some changes which make it worth exploring again. Uh, the Rice Estate is involved with all this, so I, I'm not really worried about any changes that they might make, any additions that they might make. I guess we'll find out in 2022, but it does feel like Alan Taylor gets why Rice's vampires worked from the original 1976 novel to all the adventures of Lestat. That Tom Cruise-led movie with uh, Brad Pitt as well, Interview with the Vampire, oh, and a young Reese Witherspoon, such a 
just a freaking good movie. The the Queen of the Damned one that they did, eh, not so much. That Queen might have been damned. But, you know, even because I really, really, when I was a, a young teen, read, like, everything that Anne Rice had out up to that point, which I think was a trilogy. It was just uh, Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Lestat, and Queen of the Damned. But then I, I've read, you know, Memnock the Devil and and other books beyond that where the, the titles of it aren't there. And then I read, you know, the the Witches of New Orleans, whatever that one's called. I read those books and then I read where, where the interview, the vampire world and the witches world crossed over together. And it, it's all lovely and entertaining. And I, I hope that them doing this interview with the vampire could lead to much, much roar, more for this Anne Rice universe. And like the article was saying, you know, in her books, vampires actually, they feel like it could be a thing where it's not just like blah I'm a vampire I have a castle full of monsters blah 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 uh yeah Danny my my I have a Dracula voice did you know you do now and so does everybody listening especially Roman (laughs) don't don't crash your car Roman uh but yeah I the vampires in Anne Rice's novels just uh you know I remember reading those books like being 13 and like walking around like I hope I don't get my blood sucked by, by no vampire. <laughs> a vampire. I don't want to get my blood sucked. Uh, it, it gave me the spooky feelings that uh, these vampires this could actually just be like oral histories of, uh, of real events. Books actually written by the vampires in the books. Uh, and Anne Rice just being a pseudonym, a la like Richard Bachman and Stephen King. <laughs> but I'm excited for uh, this show, and you know AMC probably hopes that this will be like the next big Walking Dead for them. And and who knows? But uh, I like the source content, so I'm excited to see how it all shakes out. Uh, Anthony Mackie was in the news calling out Marvel's lack of diversity behind the camera. Uh, he does call it more racist than anything else. That uh, that basically uh, the only diversity they have is on the minority movies like the Black Panther movie as wonderful as that movie is that movie had a lot of representation for black creatives but it was only that like black creatives on the black movie and and Mackie's basically saying that, that, that that's more racist than than you know the way it was before he does he does mention that working as a black actor how, how most of the people in positions over him and around him were white faces uh, and you know that that's something to seriously look at if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about your diversity, especially in your casting, it should be diversity across the board. Uh, Mackie basically says that you know he he agrees with counting percentages of representation for at least ten years that would build up a new generation for the future. It does come from an actors on actors talk with David Diggs. I I I don't know, but I don't I actually don't think he's wrong. You know what I mean? If you uh, if you had some sort of diversity quotient, just just if anything, just to force the hand. Now I don't. It's it's so complicated whenever you're thinking about it because I I think the most creative person, the best person for the job, should be picked. But you know it, you got to give opportunities to everybody, and look around. And is it is it nepotism or is it just like you know continuing the status quo? Like, there, there probably are some... I, I, no, there are. Not probably. There are. I don't need to, to hedge my bets. I can guarantee that there are creative people of color that could be involved in all this geeky, amazing stuff that aren't. And uh, I won't say that the reason is entirely racist, but uh, it is something to look at, and I'm glad that Anthony Mackie is using his position to not to not just, like, you know, speak racial justice as the new Captain America, but as a as a real human being in a tangible world, 
like using his voice to help in that regard too and, and good for him i celebrate his efforts uh miss marvel the show on disney plus has been pushed back to 2022 maybe in february originally we thought we were going to get it in 2021 but it looks like for now you just uh you got enough man stop being so greedy you got your wandavision your falcon winter soldier and your loki and your what if and then you're going to get hawkeye and that's going to take you up to christmas and then you get book of boba fett and then you know january february you'll get the next one and there'll be plenty more in 2022 to enjoy and talk about and good for us uh, Tom Holland reportedly wants $20 million to continue being Spidey. Uh, his his deal is up. He signed for six appearances, which was three feature films and then three appearances, and, and he's done that with a, with a You Can't Go Home or You Can't Go Home Again or whatever the, the Spider-Man 3 movie is called. So Spider-Man 3, that means finally we're going to get Tom Holland doing some jazz stuff. Yeah, like this. Boom, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum, boom. He wants 20. Boom, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum, boom. 20 million. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, so uh, pay the man. You know, whatever he wants. Uh, you know, I guess I think in uh, like his last movies he got 5 million. He wants more. Hey, Marvel, if you love him and you want more of him, and uh, you're not just going to jettison him off to Sony, then yes, pay the man. <laughs> People say pay the boy. No, he's in his 20s. Pay the man. Uh, other news, there's a couple more things. The mother of all reboots is coming. That's right, Sabrina Spellman looks to be coming back. And no, that doesn't mean the resurrection of that Netflix show. It means that Melissa Joan Hart is coming back to play Sabrina, who will be newly widowed with a, a teenage daughter coming to age. So it will literally be Melissa Joan Hart, Carolyn Ree, Beth Broderick in a, a returning show uh, a la, uh, whatever, uh, uh, what am I thinking, with Topanga, Corey, Corey, oh, I can't think of it, and now Roman's mad at me again. Uh, this this is my new, this is my, oh, now I can't think of the Honey, I Shrunk the, the Kids guy. Oh, I, I thought I totally remembered his name, and now Danny's mad at me. Rick Moranis, there we go. It was in there. It was just slipping off the iceberg. Uh, Corey, Corey Meets World? Topanga Meets World. Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World. <laughs> there we go. We finally got to it. Uh, this Me to say, they, they, they do these shows where uh, people come back, like uh, Raven, Raven, That's So Raven, and uh, Raven's House, you know what I mean? They take that, that actor, actress, acting person, and uh, have them come back older with kids, and that's what's happening. And you know what? I enjoyed that Sabrina show with Melissa Joan Hart, and uh, it'll be interesting, and I like the cast coming back, and uh, Sabrina's Teenage Witch. Yeah, clever, perfect. Uh, I don't know what network this would be on, but it, apparently they've they've announced this, and good for it. And last thing, uh, Picard Season 2 is going to be coming to Paramount+, Plus, uh, which I actually now have access to. So, uh, yeah, I, I pulled the plug on another streamer uh, because I wanted to watch some Trek stuff, uh, including like the, the entire original series is on there. I said on a pod, podcast previous that I li- I've been listening to a podcast where... Uh, where two guys who really love the original series have been breaking down each episode like in detail. It's really, really, it's called uh, Enterprise Incidents. Uh, really, really great podcast, fun enjoyment. And now that I have access to watching the original series, I've watched four episodes of the original series and uh, yeah, enjoying it. Uh, it's something I watched when I was younger and just something returning to and, and on the heels of this podcast. 
the Enterprise Incidents podcast. It's uh, it's been an, an enjoyable watch. That is to say, I also did watch uh, because uh, my buddy Sean's lovely mother gave me uh, an Amazon gift card, so I actually added uh, <laughs> on my Amazon Prime. I added CBS All Access so I could watch some of the Star Trek shows, and I did. And one of those I watched was Picard and uh, of like Star Trek Discovery season three and Lower Decks, and that the one I liked the most. And much to the surprise of my buddy Kyle, shout out to Kyle, uh, was Picard. And the the second season has a trailer, and the show is coming to us February 2022, and it looks cool. Looks like I'm going to enjoy the piss out of it, and I like bringing back Q and the Borg Queen and all that. But you know what? We finished another level of the podcast. I I was going to talk about some corn screen watches, but we could save that for a later day. Hey, the podcast didn't explode. The news sort of exploded. Uh, my mind is is about ready to explode because it's it's after 11 on a Sunday night and I need to go to bed because I work tomorrow. But hey, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being classy. Uh, apologies, there was a little bit of singing. But it happens. <laughs> At least I didn't rewrite another song from Rent all about uh, the Avengers for you. But I could, but I won't. Uh, you know the drill. Laugh at a fuzzball podcast at gmail.com if you want to send an email like my buddy Jerry sent an email again. And it made me very happy. Uh, join the Facebook group, Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, plug, 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 uh, 630 plus human beings talking about geeky things. Uh, like I said, drop a rating and thank you, thank you, thank you to the three people that, that dropped the word ratings and then the, at least two others that dropped star ratings. And as of right now, every one of the ratings is five stars, which makes my heart so, so glad. Um, what else? Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Wookie Riot. Remember, that's two E's, so W-O-O-K-I-E-E-R-I-O-T. That's me. <laughs> and uh, Anchor.fm is where you can find the podcast. That's Anchor.fm slash laugh dash hit dash up dash fuzzball. If you love the podcast and you want to throw some money my way, you can go on Anchor and, and drop drop dimes or dollars that way if you want. No real push. I would rather you go to tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball and buy a t-shirt. And that literally will send two bucks my way. And uh, that's, that's so much better because that means I know you're wearing a cool shirt uh, designed by friends or myself. Uh, there's uh, two Jungle Cruise shirts on there and uh, and some podcast shirts. And hopefully there'll be more in the future. We'll just see. I've got a lot of creative friends, but uh, I don't like them doing stuff for free, but I also don't make a lot of money where I can do anything uh, too expensive. So we shall see. Uh, but there was a new design. Uh, it's a really cool elephant design that says pack. It's, it's Jungle Cruise related because uh, long and short, there's uh, like approved little groups that skippers can identify with. And the one that I identify with is the smart group, which is the pack and their their mascot is an elephant and i saw an elephant image and realized you could fit the letters p-a-c-h within the outline of the elephant and then uh i did a prototype and then one of my creative friends that i promised i wouldn't name drop them uh made it better and uh while, while pooping on the toilet god bless their soul they're so talented uh but yeah, and then I, I like the first pass so much, and it, it's just funny. I, my friend was telling me that I'm I'm the least picky client that they've ever had. <laughs> well, I'm not really a client. I'm not paying you, bud. But uh, yeah, I don't even know if they're listening. But uh, having a conversation with them anyways. Or, or do I know that they're listening? I'm just keeping their name secret. Who knows? Only time will tell. But thank you for listening. 
Uh, send me an email if you have any ideas for the podcast. Is there something you really want me to talk about? Hey, if you send me an email and say you really want me to talk about something, there is a strong chance that we'll figure out a way to talk about it for you just because of the engagement. Thanks to people that dropped reviews. I encourage anybody listening, please, please, if you haven't already, go on Apple Podcasts, drop a review. Let's get the podcast into a couple more ear holes and uh, share it with your friends. Tell people about it. Uh, direct them to the Facebook group if they do the Book of Faces. And, uh, yeah, if we're not already friends on Twitter and Instagram, join, add, add me. For golly's sake, add me. I would love, love to be entwined in your social media universe. But thanks for listening. Thanks for being classy. Thanks for being excellent. Thanks for stopping by. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. And I am Joe the Wookie Riot saying TTFN Wookie out.